to have you here this morning with Daryl McIntyre. Morley 2 here on 6.30. Ched, uh, 7.06 here on your Thursday morning. So this week and yesterday, we had a conversation about the EPS uh, funding formula. That was going to City Council for conversations, and it looks like they've decided to move ahead now with a, a more predictable funding formula, certain percentages, et cetera, et cetera, as we were discussing with Tim Cardwell yesterday. Uh, part of that conversation, we also brought up transit safety. Transit has obviously been a bit of a lightning rod, I think, in Edmonton. You hear lots of people being concerned about how they feel when they're in downtown area, uh, specifically, uh, with, uh, you know, uh, you know, there has been some open drug use in some areas. Uh, there are some places where people say they don't feel safe in the downtown. But a lot of it comes back to transit. And I think a lot of that came back to the last winter when you had a large number of people who would be in the transit stations uh, to stay warm, to get shelter, but that there were things going on within there uh, that that it made for an unpleasant experience, to put it mildly. You've also heard stories, anecdotal stories, about people on either trains or on buses running into issues. We have seen actual incidences of people being attacked in transit centres. So again, it's the lightning rod... Uh, at least for attention, but in some cases actually for action, has been Edmonton Public Transit. So what is being done, what has been done, what continues to be done about trying to make our transit system safer so that people who need to use it can do so with some confidence? There has been quite a bit of work that has been done. question is, has it made a difference. This came up again at City Hall. It was a big conversation a little bit earlier this week, talking about where we're at with transit safety, how we're doing. Dwayne Hunter uh, has a role in all of this, and in fact is a director of public safety with the City of Edmonton. Joining us this morning, Dwayne Hunter. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me here. You bet. No doubt. This is the. This has been the lightning rod, I think, for a lot of the conversation. Would you agree that the, the transit system has been a focus? Absolutely, and it's very, very, we've heard loud and clear how important it is to Edmontonians. And uh, it's also an interesting topic in the fact that the broader challenges that affect all of our communities all across the whole country cascade down into transit, and uh, they're highlighted there, and we actually see these things. So these, these challenges are impacting everyone. Uh, we certainly talked about increased sort of uh, uh police uh, presence, but more likely to be some of these intervention groups and that kind of thing that's been going on. How much more has been done, say, in the last year in order to try and deal with some of these issues? So we have done quite a few things over the past year. We've uh, council approved the Enhanced Transit Safety Plan, which focuses on uh, four pillars of work. So that's safety, perception of safety, well-being, and integration. And each one of those really contributes Approaching these uh, safety concerns within traffic takes a really holistic approach, and we do that with our partners, the Edmonton Police Service and uh, Bentero Traditional Healing Society, to make sure when we come and approach these uh, safety incidents and wanting to increase public safety, making sure that if a person is there because of trauma or they're vulnerable, what we do is we make sure we're there, we're compassionate, we're providing, we're communicating with them and providing them a link to the support and services, but at the same time, we're also there to address problematic behavior that could be um, that is inappropriate for transit spaces. So we've had additional police added, we've had additional TPOs added, and our COT teams, which are our community outreach and transit teams now are completely fully staffed. So that's seven teams where we see uh, an outreach worker paired with a transit peace officer. So 
have seen quite as we built up our framework quite a bit over the past year. You know, Dwayne, that it's sometimes difficult to get actual metrics to see. Well, I guess there are some of the forest charges, incidents, that kind of thing, comparing certain time to other time. But in a lot of this, it's 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 whether or not the population feels comfortable again. You can do some surveys, but I don't know how accurate those always are. How do you try to quantify whether the, the it's working? Uh, because without people in the system, you know, more people means generally people feel safer. I think you would agree with that. So how do you quantify whether or not people are feeling safer about using transit? Great question. So what we're actually doing now to provide a good quantitative measure for people with respect to the the safety work that we're doing, we're using the crime severity index. And then that's a national standard that's utilized right across the country. And there's different different types that are used all across the world. And essentially what we do is we measure the severity of crime. So we easily can measure how many calls we get in through calls for service and people looking for assistance in transit spaces. So we look at that, but that's really just a quantity measure. We look at the crime severity index to tell us what is the impact? What's the actual level of harm in these spaces? So we have been measuring that. We compared July of this year to the July of last year, and we found that we actually had a 12% decrease in our crime severity. So answer me this, because this was my argument over the winter, that as we got into into summer, the, the, some of the stresses on the transit system would lighten up. It's, you know, you don't need to be in a, in a LRT station to stay warm. There are other places you can survive the elements in the, in the summertime. Uh, but so what is being done to ensure that we don't see a repeat of last winter in transit stations uh, as we get into the new winter months ahead? Great point. And uh, there's been a lot of work done for them. And just to preface this right off the bat, um, other areas within city administration will be providing what's going to happen to council in the coming weeks. But what we have been doing is making sure, and these other areas that I talk about have been working with levels of government to ensure that our are there are additional beds, uh, emergency shelters that people can access. Uh, we also work to ensure that people uh, are provided the support and services to get to um, to get to these shelters and the things that they need as as the temperatures drop. Well, I don't know if it's just an attitude. I think that I've always thought that the people who are in the transit stations are there because they want a sense of independence. They don't want to go to somebody for help. Uh, they don't want to go into a shelter. They don't want that. They want to be in a little space where they can do whatever they want to do in the moment. So how do you deal with that? There is a lot of work going on like that through the other areas and the other levels of government with what type of shelters and supports can we provide to make sure that we're meeting the needs and the wants of of the people that are turning to transit for support and services because the the LRT station and transit centers, they're they're not built to be shelters. They're not fully heated. They don't have the proper amenities. There's no food available. And even though we have outreach workers, uh, those, the outreach workers there are to bridge people to the services outside of transit, and they're not 24-7. So um, we need to figure out a holistic approach to the uh, 
to shelter space and those types of things uh, that address the broader challenges for us. Yeah, I guess I, I just see a, a, a scenario where you do provide options, but they don't want to take it. And so then what do you do? Because uh, people cannot or should not be living in an LRT station. Mm-hmm. So I guess it becomes a combination of giving options, but also enforcement to keep people, uh, you know, from camping out in a, in, in a public space like that. You're absolutely right. And consistent communication that is clear and that doesn't change and that we're providing by all the people that work in the space. So you're absolutely right with that. We have to make sure that uh, we're saying the same things in those spaces all of the time. Uh, Dwayne Hunter, thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the heads up that we'll be getting a little bit more information on what's being done this winter. So that's a, that's two or three weeks, you were saying? I, that's a good guess, for good sure. Guess. Yeah, no, I'm not going to pin you down and hold you to it forever. <laughs> but uh, a couple of weeks away anyway, as we head into For September. sure. Okay. Dwayne Hunter, thanks for your time. Good talking with you. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Dwayne Hunter is a Director of Public Safety in the City of Edmonton and has been focusing very much on our transit system. Uh, you know what? It, it, I think there is a large segment of the population, or at least a substantial segment of the population, for whom would listen to that and say, these are all the things we've done, this is what we're doing, this is our plan going ahead, but they would still go, nah, still not working for me, don't feel safe, not going to use it.